Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Pretty darn swell. How about you? Pretty good. I'm looking forward to hitting the high seas, which is a great segue into our episode, Monkeys number 44, Hitting the High Seas. Amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> directed by our main man James Frawley. He he's definitely with us the show much longer than I thought he was. I don't know. He's in there pretty much to the end, I think. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought he was more of a first season kind of director. A little, little more patient than like Kirshner and some of the other people <laughs> the monkeys worked with, I think. Yeah, he'd have to be. Uh written by Jack Winter. And originally aired on November 27th, 1967. This is probably just after Thanksgiving, I guess, in America. For <laughs> whenever it is, I don't know. <laughs> so getting right to it, we got Mickey, Peter, and Davey. They're commiserating in a bar. And Peter's saying they shouldn't have gotten fired because only one person left before they were done playing. And Mickey says that that was half the audience. <laughs> and I got to say, this is, again, one of the few mentions of the monkeys being in a band. Because in the second season, there's been no band-centric episodes. Pretty much. And this is very past tense. We don't see any instruments. Mike's out bringing the monkey mobile around or something, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're in a band, I guess. Let's go do something else. That's yeah, what. pretty much. It's like, no wonder you're not making any money at it. You guys are hardly doing it. You're out going to Mexico. You're hitting boats. You're, you know, you're going, pretending to raise someone from the dead. They seem a little distracted. Yeah. A lot going on with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Getting all mixed up in the, the 1967 Los Angeles. So then uh, Peter complains that should have gotten more notice. And then Mickey says... He did. He said, get out in 10 minutes or I'll beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> so two other dudes are at the bar and are talking about a good job, but they can't find guys that can handle it. And the monkeys put their hands to their ears and drop some eaves. <laughs> and uh, the one of the guys says they need guys who are strong. And Mickey stands up and he breaks his chair with his bare hands. Boy, you sure are strong, Mickey. And then the other guys say they need guys who are good with their hands. And then Davy starts juggling. Boy, you sure know how to use your hands, Davy. And then the guys say they need someone who has knowledge of the seven seas. And Peter stands up and spouts off all of his knowledge. Boy, Pete, you sure know how to use your mouth. Then the guy says they're going to find some hard-drinking guys like that, and the monkeys just start chugging their milk, <laughs> which is gross. Uh, by the way, gang, for your monkeys bingo card, anybody who had uh, breaking furniture, it's your day. And in retrospect, the monkeys trash quite a bit of furniture. Another thing I never noticed until rewatching the series is how much furniture the monkeys break. <laughs> <laughs> so the guys finally take notice of them. And say, why not these guys? And the other guy says, they don't look like sailors to him. And then suddenly the boys are dressed like the Cracker Jack guy. Like that that sailor outfit. (laughs) And uh, the one guy says, well, that's good enough for him. And the guys ask uh, how much they charge. And Mickey says, they can't do it less for $100 a day. And the guy retorts with 15. Sold! (laughs) He he called his bluff instantly. He just went for it. (laughs) <laughs> and that's right, folks. Uh, the sailors' outfits were inspired by the Cracker Jack guy, not the other way around. That's uh, something else we learned in her research. Yes, yes. They would, sailors were originally called Cracker Jack guys. And then <laughs> everyone was always disappointed when they didn't show up with, like, flavored popcorn. So they, okay, very and, like, and when they found something at sea, they would hide it in the bottom of their food. Exactly. And like that's, treasure. That's you know? where all that comes from. And then, then they started to sell those things. 
And so they start to be called sailors because they were. Wow, dude. That's 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 the uh, that's canon in uh, yep. real life. Real life canon. <laughs> Crackerjack lore. <laughs> so the guy tells him to be at, at 6 a.m. at Pier 3. And Davey says it back as 3 a.m. Pier 6, which I thought was going to lead to a, like a, a confusion thing. But it never comes up again. Nah, they edited that out. Yeah, yeah. It got too long. Uh, it's in the director's cut. In the, uh, in the James Frawley box set, you can find all the deleted monkey yes, there's, scenes. There's a four-hour version of hitting the high seas. Yeah. So one of the guys, whose name is Frank, he's played by Ted DeCorsia. And the other guy is Harry. He's played by Norm Pitlick. Unfortunate last name. That is rough. And uh, so they're on the phone telling the captain that they got the dumbest suckers in the world. And then he, Frank and Harry start laughing. <laughs> and so that's the end of the intro there. Uh, mi- minute 50 till we hit the drum. Yeah, so it's a pretty quick one. They got right in, right out. That's uh, Jim Frawley <laughs> cracking the whip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the intro. And when we come out of it, it comes back to like a swashbuckling version of the theme. And then we see like a big pirate ship and the boys, now with Mike, is there with them. They're all ready to go. And Mickey asks if they can come aboard. And Frank tells them they're already aboard. And Mickey has permission to stay aboard. And then Frank asks if they're really in the Navy. And Mike tells them that Peter sank seven Japanese ships in one year. And Frank asks what year. And Peter says, last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. And so Frank tells them to go to certain places on the boat and do certain things. But he's using boat lingo. And the boys have to look up what he's talking about in this huge book. (laughs) And Harry yells at them for loafing on the job and tells them to hoist the mainsail. But see, they just got told by Frank to do all these other jobs. Then Harry usurps everything and tells them to do this one job. So, like, who are they supposed to listen to here? Great question, Paco. Great question. So then they all go off, and then Mike wonders which one is the mainsail, and Peter points to a sign that says mainsail. Then Mike wonders what rope he should pull for the mainsail, and Mickey points to a sign that says pull this rope to raise the mainsail. And Mike reads it, the instructions out on how to ho- hoist the mainsail. And then Harry yells at them again. And then we just cut to like stock footage of a pirate ship with the sail falling down. And so I guess they de-hoisted the sail or something like that. Nope. Give the old unhoist. De-hoist. <laughs> and so then uh, Davy, Peter, and Mickey, they're all flopping all over the place. And they're getting seasick. So they take seasick pills and it seems to work. But Mike, who wasn't seasick, he also takes the seasick pills and they make him seasick. And so they go tell him to lay down. And so, bye, Mike. <laughs> Man, uh, these seasick pills, they made me kind of seasick. I don't know, boys. I think I should maybe lay down for the next rest of the show. <laughs> that's a, that's an episode episode wrap on old Nesmith. Yeah. <laughs> So the remaining monkeys are pulling on a rope and Frank yells for everyone to get in formation. So Davy and Mickey let go of the rope and Peter gets pulled up into the air. And the boys line up for roll call and when they get to Peter, the guy says torque, but he says it with an accent so it sounds like talk. So Mickey and Davy start talking with each other and they get yelled at. <laughs> and Peter finally speaks up and the captain, who's played by Chips Rafferty, great name, mm. He tells him to get down, and that's an order. So Peter lets go of the mainsail and falls, like, oddly into this barrel, which looked painful. And uh, so Mickey and Davey pull him out and ask if he's okay. 
Yeah, same as ever. Oh, it's too bad. I don't know why I thought that was a really funny line. <laughs> it's, just all, it's all delivery. So the captain asks who these fools are, and they tell them that they're the new shipmates. And the captain asks them where they got that long hair. And they say, well, a place on sunset. And then he tells them they have to cut it off. And they protest and say that if they cut it off, they'll lose their powers. And the captain then orders them to get 10 lashes for insubordination and 10 more if they laugh. But, like, who would laugh about that? <laughs> I'm assuming no one gets 20 lashes. <laughs> I feel that like after that first lash, I don't think you're giggling anymore. Probably not. So Harry grabs Davy and tells him he's going to be killed or beaten to an inch of his life. And Davy says that he can't do that. It's against maritime law. And the captain asks who he thinks he is. Harry tells him his name is Jones, Davy Jones. The captain asks if he means Davy Jones Locker, Davy Jones. And Mickey says, yeah, he's his great-great-grandfather. And when Davy is 25, he gets the locker. They made this episode to make that joke. I think so, too. I think it's yeah, the only time Davy Jones being Davy Jones comes up ever. So I think uh, Jack Winter was like, I'm sitting on a gem. <laughs> For real. <laughs> So uh, Captain Chips, he's starstruck, and he's stoked to have a Davy Jones on his ship and feels so lucky. And Davy says, yeah, it is lucky. And Mickey says, I don't feel so lucky. Because <laughs> they're about to get lashed. <laughs> so Captain Chips tells him to swab the deck, and Harry asks even Davy Jones. And Captain says, no, he's going to be his cabin boy. And tells Jay, yeah, that was weird. And then he says to Davy, sends Davy to take the galley, and he freaks out and thinks he's going to be hanged. <laughs> Mickey says, it's the galley, not the gallows. Oh, you had me worried for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> he has like a, there's a funny little sound. And at the time I was like, oh, I guess he dropped his, oh, kind of thing. Because we hadn't heard <laughs> so, yeah, it Yeah, it's been, been a minute. So then we cut to Davey, has a tray with food and tea on it. And he knocks on the captain's door and Mickey answers it dressed as Ahab. And he asks Davy if he's seen Moby Dick. And he, Davey says no. And Mickey says, well, if he does, tell him that he's in his cabin. So Davy knocks on another door that says Captain, and Mickey answers it again, and then just slams it in Davy's face. Then Davy knocks again and opens it up, and it's Peter and a woman, and he's kissing her, and he says he likes a woman with spirit, and then she smacks him in the face. And then Davy goes... (laughs) There it (laughs) is. Right when you think it's gone, it pops back up. (laughs) So that's good. Peter says that there's reasonable limits to everything. And uh, it's funny, the, the porthole window thing is just hanging against the wall by a string. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a real window. It's just hanging I by a string. I did not catch that. That is hilarious. <laughs> that was great. They're not even trying. They're like, hey, guys, we're going to make this pirate ship set. And NBC's like, you're not getting any money for that. We'll give you some string and a porthole outline. And they're like, that's fine. That's almost like Mickey saying they need 100 bucks a day and settling for 15 <laughs> I think that's indicative of the effort being put into this episode yeah. at the moment. Yeah, 100%. So Davy closes the door and he opens it again. And Mickey's in like some old school clothes honking a horn. And then Davy closes the door, moves down the hall to another door marked Captain. So he, was, he was uh, Captain Horatio Hornblower. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Almost like uh, Adam Yauch's uh, uncle. I, I believe they have to be related. Yeah, Nathaniel Hornblower, the, the famous director. He came up with all the ideas for Star Wars. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> so there's also three doors marked Captain. Like, does he just have a huge thing, or is it like he just decides which room he's going to be in? 
You know, does he have a huge <laughs> room that requires three doors? Or he's just like, I've got three rooms. I choose what I want. You're putting way more thought into this than they did. <laughs> so true. So Davy closes the door and moves down the hall to another door marked Captain. And this is the real, like, Captain Chips. And Davy goes in and tells him he brought him food. And Captain Chip says he has no time for food and tells Davy to get out of there and close the door. Can't he see he's in conference? And Davy looks around and he leaves. And outside the door he says, in conference? Because he's the ca- essentially the captain's just in there by himself. And then he hears the captain talking to his parrot about the plan. And essentially Captain Chips and the parrot are going to split $2 million in gold. And Davy thinks that he's crazy and he goes to tell the boys. But the parrot does speak pretty good English for a parrot. Not bad, not bad. He almost speaks better than the captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mickey and Peter are on bunk beds, and Peter's playing guitar, and they're both singing. And, and the song they're singing is Tear the Top Right Off My Head, which is a That's really cool... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, a really cool little thing. Like, at the time, you wouldn't know anything about it, because it's not a release tune yet, but... For real. But no, I, I thought that was a really cool moment. I mean, seeing it in the episode was a nice surprise. I don't remember it happening before. I remember it from the the Peter disc. Yes. Yes. And it's, yeah, from the Listen to the Band box set. And it was like a previously unreleased, you know, a Peter song. Very cool. Lots of fun. <laughs> I just remember re- rewinding and re-listening to the freaking out in the afternoon part. Freaking out in the afternoon. It was, uh, it was really cool. I remember when they were playing it, I was like, how do I know? What do I know this? I know this song. I know this song. And then they hit the chorus. I'm like, oh, of course, because yeah. it just had that, just such a different sound to it when they're just playing it on the bunk bed. And again, it's cool because it does remind you they're a band. <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice to that. Yeah. And yeah, like a lot of the Peter stuff didn't make the record, but this one happened to make the episode, which was cool. Yeah. No, it's pretty awesome. So, if you haven't heard it, dig it up. Tear the top right off my head by the monkeys. Written by Peter Tork. Good times all time. So Davy comes busting in, and he tells him that the captain was talking with his parrot and that he's crackers. And Peter asks what that means, and Davy tells him that he's crazy. Was the parrot charging him? No, no. Well, then the parrot's crackers are crazy. I think they're both crackers crazy. So they <laughs> keep getting the crackers crazy thing backwards. So Davy says that they have a plan to somehow get $2 million. And Peter asks how they're going to do that. And Davy says he doesn't know, but he has a plan that they're going to go into Captain Chip's cabin at night and Mickey's going to pretend to be the parrot and talk to him. Why me? Because you're the only one that can imitate a parrot. (laughs) Which is true. Mickey does a lot of voiceover work here. He does. Throughout the the show. And it's a little foreshadowing, like... He's foreshadowed as a DJ in one of the episodes. He does a lot of voiceover work, which he ends up doing for Hanna-Barbera quite a bit. A lot going on for uh, Mickey Dolan's. Yeah, man. He, a lot of uh, different gigs. Yeah, he laid some uh, voiceover pipe early and just like rode that after the show, which I think, I man, I think being a voiceover artist or actor or whatever would be awesome. I think that'd be a great job. <laughs> yes, it's it's a it's a different life. It's a hard life, <laughs> and uh, a lot of your roles get taken by movie stars who are not known for their their voice work necessarily. We could get into it, but we don't have to get into that right now. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. At night, the boys sneak into Captain Chips's room and they end up scaring each other, like a one two three scare. Then they go up <laughs> to the parrot and then they scare each other, like three two one scare. 
<laughs> then they grab the parrot and they tape its beak shut, which is pretty, pretty crackers in itself, I think. <laughs> no, that's, no crackers. No crackers. No crackers for you, parrot. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and then Mickey starts to talk like the parrot to, to Captain Chips. And he says that he's been thinking about the plan and doesn't think they should do it. Captain Chips asks, what about the money? And Mickey says, what does he need money for? He's a parrot. And then the captain says that it's not the money, but the principal. And he gets out of bed and Peter and Davy hide under a table. And Mickey hides behind a curtain, like near the parrot cage. And the captain says, he was captain of the Queen Anne for 30 years before they got rid of him. And if he had those people there now, he'd slash them. And he swings his sword and cuts down the curtain that Mickey's hiding behind. But he, he somehow does not see Mickey. Then he goes off for a bit and then says they have to go to bed because they have a big day tomorrow. So then essentially the, the captain crashes. So the next day, I guess the boys get out of there fine. And uh, the boys are on deck. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I'm next. We got this part. <laughs> and uh, Mickey's telling him that it's all just a fantasy and Captain Chips is not going to rob the Queen Anne. You see, this is a fantasy. A fantasy? I'm not really going to rob the Queen Anne. No? It's a fantasy. Developed in his subconscious mind to compensate for the frustrations that he, en- that he endured as a child and oh. over to hostilities. Captain calls for attention and when he comes on deck, he's dressed like a real pirate with like the skull and crossbones hat and the eye patch. And he tells them to raise the skull and crossbones flag and to raise their sabers and unwrap the cannon. And then, uh, so they, they unwrap this cannon thing, or unwrap this enormous cannon that's there on the boat. You see, this is all a fantasy. We're not really on this ship. It's a fantasy concocted by our subconscious mind to compensate for the hostilities that... And the captain is going to rob the queen in. Right. Back from the commercial, uh, the captain says that they're going to rob the Queen Anne, and if anyone is scared and wants off the ship, to step forward. So, of course, the monkeys all step forward, and are told mm-hmm. that they'll be dropped off. At the next port? No, right here. No, oh, I'm not afraid. Oh, oh I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> and uh, Captain Chips gives them all pistols and swords and, like, lyrics to, sh- to sea shanties. <laughs> and uh, the boys do, like, a he's-so-tough bit kind of thing. And uh, Captain Chips tells him to get lost. They say, like, he's so tough, he likes the sight of blood, he puts ketchup on everything, even cornflakes. Gross. That's gross. I think he is crackers if he's putting ketchup (laughs) on (laughs) cornflakes. So the, the boys are sitting on the bed. They're trying to think of how to stop the captain. And Mickey says they should have a mutiny, essentially. And Peter said, and he tells Peter to go to the crew and get them all on board. And once again, in this in this scene, you can see how loose the monkeys are in this episode. Yeah, and yeah. in this season, essentially. So Peter goes up to the deck and we hear him mumbling something to each of the guys and they get all riled up. We don't hear what he's saying. We just hear him like. <laughs> and so Mickey and Davey show up after deciding that if Marlon Brando and, Ga- and Clark Gable can start a mutiny, then so can they. <laughs> and Mickey calls out the captain. He tells him that they're taking over his ship. And then Captain Chip says, no one mutinies on his ship. And Mickey tells the men to seize him. But then they're all just st- sitting around. And uh, <laughs> Mickey asks what Peter said to incite the men. And Peter says, <laughs> so Captain Chips asks if anyone was working with Mickey on his mutiny. And Peter and Davy instantly distance themselves from him. <laughs> <laughs> and the captain says uh, he thought they all came together and they deny it and just leave Mickey there to be killed, essentially. 
fucking nice. Real nice. Yeah, friends like these, eh, Mickey? Damn. And so Harry sells them out, and the captain says that they're going to walk the plank. And I got to be honest, for me, the idea of walking the plank is my biggest nightmare. Like, open ocean, just forget about it. I'd rather be shot in the face. <laughs> just get it over with. <laughs> yeah. So the boys are standing in front of three planks. Luckily, they have three planks. They knew Mike was going to mm. be sick, I guess. Oh, uh, they probably got a big stack of planks. Yeah, just nail them down just as people walk out on them, take them back up, yeah. and put them in storage. <laughs> so the captain says uh, they're guilty of trying a mutiny, insubordination, and worst of all, impersonating a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter says that he's innocent. He's never impersonated a parrot in his life. I'm innocent. I never impersonated a parrot in my life. I can't even do a good cow. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> just to show how bad his animal impressions are. And now wait a second. Like Captain Chips himself is like doing a mutiny on like himself or the Queen Anne or whatever, going full pirate, ripping off, I guess, whoever they're working for. And so it's like a double you know those mutinies that are like double mutinies, you know? Yeah, inceptionies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like uh the 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 captain can dish it out but can't take it. <laughs> He can throw exactly. mutinies around, but he doesn't want any on his ship. How does that medicine taste? Your own flavored? <laughs> so after uh, Peter does his bad cow impression, the boys all start making animal noises. And so Captain Chip says, well, it's enough of this shit. And he starts to count down. And Mickey says that they'll go to their watery graves, but he'll never know the secret. And now suddenly Captain Chips really wants to know the secret. And they got him kind of on the on the ropes there. And then Peter asked the guys, what is the secret? And Captain Chips said, A clever ruse, but I got a cleverer rooster. <laughs> <laughs> so he counts down again. And uh, Wait, 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 wait. Have they ever actually said ruse in the show? They do. Yeah, they bring the ruse. Harry uh, uh, like wraps up a newspaper to look like a telescope. And he looks through it and he sees the Queen Anne. And then everybody springs into action and Harry counts down how close they are, like how close they are to the Queen Anne. And uh, the Captain Chips gets the cannon ready and he and Harry get into a fight about who should save fire. And as they're fi- fighting about this, the boys uh, get in there and steal the cannon <laughs> before they could shoot it. <laughs> so a clever move on their part, I'd say. Wow. Which takes us into Monkey's Romp, Daydream Believer. Because they are pushing Daydream Believer hard, hard, yeah. hard. It's like the fourth in a row, I think it feels like. It feels like it. They're just really going for it. I guess Strike While Which the Iron Which is a high-octane action number <laughs> yeah. for a, a high-energy romp such as this. Yeah. See, now, t- to pick some nits, going down would have been great here because they're on the ship with cannons and stuff and they're trying to oh, take stuff down oh, so going the, down thematically I sound i yeah, got you yeah yeah but i understand climbing up the charts they, they're just trying to push that to number one so For sure romp starts a bunch of guys sword fighting peter drops his sword but he pulls out a gun and uh then he starts to sword fight with the gun <laughs> gun 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 <laughs> davy's swinging on ropes Peter gets a gun pointed at his head, but it turns out it's Davy. Uh, Captain Chips has two eye patches, but only one is on, and then one's like on his forehead. Mickey and Peter. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> Mickey and Peter, they both have eye patches, 
There's stock footage of a pirate ship's cannon going off. But the boy stole the cannon, so I don't understand. Uh, see, uh, and also, the Queen Anne is just a huge cargo ship. It's not like it's like a cruise ship or a pirate ship. It's got, it's got all these, like, containers on it. I thought it was going to be nicer. Peter's getting backed up by two, like, pirates. They're, like, pushing him into a corner. Then Mickey hands him a guitar through the window, and he starts playing the guitar, and the guys run away covering their ears. <laughs> but where are they running? They're on a ship. Like... <laughs> True. <laughs> so Mickey and Peter start waving to each other, and then Mickey swings over to him, but then misses Peter. And then there's stock footage of a cliff diver. So I guess that's supposed to be Mickey, I don't know, falling off the cliff boat. <laughs> More sword fighting. Davy's fighting uh, Captain Chips, and he rips Captain Chips' shirt, it looks like. And then uh, he gets all huffy and walks away, and Davy just shrugs. Peter's fighting, but asks the guy, I think it's Harry, like to wait a second. And he goes through a door and pops out the window, essentially stabbing Harry through the heart and killing him. Like, <laughs> the, the sword goes right through him. <laughs> if you had straight up murder on your monkey's bingo card this week, again, you're in luck. <laughs> and there's a cool shot of the three of them on one end of the mast. And the camera pans to the other end, and they're on that end, too. They do it with, like, a cool jump cut in between, so it looks like there's two sets of the three of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I guess there can't be two sets if there's three of them, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the boys are dancing above Frank and Harry, who's not dead, so... Oh, thank God. Maybe he's one of the pirates from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and they can't be killed. <laughs> Listen, we have to watch the four-hour version yeah. of this episode to get the whole... Whole, uh, lore. Yeah, there's also hints of Fast and the Furious, people dying, coming back instantly. It's just a nightmare. So the boys throw a net over Frank and Harry, and they take down the pirate flag. And it ends with a great shot of Davy on the edge of the boat at sunset. Like him just like standing on the edge of the boat. It's like a amazing shot. It looks great. Wow. But uh, so then that's that's the end of the romp. So the boys are talking to like Prince Charles or somebody. Some English chap, <laughs> and uh, he's congratulating them for thwarting the pirates. And there's like this obnoxious bell ringing throughout the scene. You saved my ship, it's gold, and all the passengers aboard. Mickey tells him that it was a monkey treat, and then Davy makes reference to this bell going off. And I think it's like Davy for real because he's like laughing, like what's with this bell? <laughs> like not stopping here. Prince Charles says that he's uh, making them first mates of the ship. And Davy asks if they're the first mates, then who's the captain? And Prince Charles says, Your captain will be the most able seaman it was ever my pleasure to sail with. And he holds up Horace the parrot, who tells the boys to get to work. And uh, Mickey wants to punch the parrot in the face, but they take off. And I'm not Uh, sure if they're taking off to go to work or if they're just taking off to leave. (laughs) But uh, I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. And uh, essentially, Nesmith just slept through all of this swashbuckling yeah. fun down in the uh, the poop deck or wherever he was. And uh, <laughs> and that's that's the end of the episode. Essentially, like the story part of the episode. Yep. But then we blast into a, a, a live quote unquote live performance of Star Collector, and it's awesome. Oh, it, oh yeah. It starts on the peace sign on that piece of like cloudy glass with the lights behind it kind of thing and uh, <laughs> then it pans up to the four of them 
in like this huddle together. And it it's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's so wicked. I don't know why, but the four of them <laughs> in that huddle, it just looks like a real band against the world at that moment. Like that's that's true. Like they're together in this moment and it's it's fantastic. So then Davey turns out of the the group and he's got the tambourine, he starts singing. Then Peter spins out and he's playing air bass. Mike gets out and he's uh, playing like a huge drumstick, like playing guitar, but on a huge, huge drumstick. <laughs> and, uh, and then Mickey's in the back kind of like drumming with his other enormous drumstick. <laughs> and like, this feels like very ahead of its time and very music video, video-y. Like with them. Very, uh, very Pomo. Yeah. Like they don't have instruments and it's all weird coloring and, uh. I have a feeling maybe they tried it with instruments, but it was a little crowded the way the set was set up, so they couldn't do all the turning around and stuff. Yeah, maybe. And let's just try it without instruments. It's like, oh yeah, it's kind of a uh, kind of surreal. Yeah, it's like a cool thing. And it, it suits the the vibe of the tune. And they're all wearing all white. Mm-hmm. And they got that's s- a rare deal too. Yeah, like not they're not in the the eight button shirts, and they're also not in different clothing. Yeah, it's like it's almost like it was a like an art directed video. Like we're going to have this black background yeah. with these flashy lights in this box. And you guys are going to be all in white, not playing instruments, but faking it. And it's going to huh. be fantastic. And, uh, and there's also like a, like a white wool hat over like a microphone or something in front of them, which is like an interesting little callback thing. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Just chilling there. I don't know. <laughs> and, and there's a part in the second verse when it looks like the uh, the cameraman's like readjusting the camera on his shoulder or something like that, like it just kind of oh, yeah. goes all over the place and it's kind of down for a bit and this <laughs> and that, and then they keep it in again, going with this crazy like avant garde, ahead of its time, shenanigandery. Shenanigandery is what they called it, hundred percent. And there's a fantastic baseline, crazy like synthesizer in there whatever it is it's it, and the song is so good like if i'm if, pretty sure it's a fast eddie ho on the kit perhaps probably yeah it might be man it's a uh, it's fantastic if for any listeners now if you haven't listened to star collector in a while i do suggest going back to it because it has some hidden gems you might not recall that are just fantastic <laughs> and this could be uh, uh the most 60s the monkeys get in the tv series like only eclipsed by i feel the long title sequence in head where that's Ooh, yeah. very 60s-esque, as they say. <laughs> so then the stage gets all smoky, and the boys start coughing. The lights are going crazy. The colors are flashing. And then the boys, like, slowly sink behind, like, the colorful block thing. And it's got that, like, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then that is the for real end of the episode. We go to the credits after that. So this episode here, overall thoughts, again, a very weird, disconnected episode <laughs> that has nothing to do with being in a band, so much so that Mike is just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a lot of it is just for real, made up on the spot kind of thing. Yeah. Like anytime they're on uh, their top side on the ship, they just know that, uh, okay, eventually we're going to have to get to a plank walking thing. Just... Get us there. Yeah. In three, two. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's funny. It's definitely got funny moments too, but it's like you really feel the difference between the first and second seasons. I find now that we're kind of getting to the meat and potatoes of the second season. Like nothing has to do with the band. <laughs> yeah. no, there's, it's not 
definitely not as structured. There's not as much set up, set up punchline to the jokes. Yeah. It's just kind of uh, riffing about. Yeah, exactly. But it's still fun and awesome. So, hey. We'll keep oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Was there guns? Yepers. There sure was. The, <laughs> the, uh, the captain hands a bunch out, and then Peter has his that he sword fights with, and Davy has the one that he points at Peter's head. <laughs> uh, highlight of the show. For me, again, I always go with little lines. It's when uh, he says, uh, I feel the same as ever. And Mickey says, that's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty darn good. Um, There was a, was there a monkey's ruse? Yes. And they even get called out for rusing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even when Mickey's the parrot, that's kind of a ruse-esque thing. As well (laughs) as them just saying that they're sailors. It's kind of. It's a fine line between a ruse and a just lying to people. <laughs> so it's pretty. That's a deep observation, Paco. Yeah. Um, fourth wall break. Yes, Davy at the door when he does. Oh, <laughs> and I'm sure there's a couple others I missed. Best musical moment. This is tricky because Star Collector is awesome. Right, like True. so awesome. The video's awesome, but I do feel it comes up again. Yeah, same here. As that's about to be my justification for saying that. Hyper rare, tear the top right off of my head. It's like, yeah, for us deep cut monkey types, that's that's the one, man. Exactly, I agree. That's what I had as well. Uh, classic monkeys moments, the scares, Davies. Oh, uh-huh. and now no Mike. That's becoming a, a classic. <laughs> Monkeys thing. Bit of a tradition now. Um, what wouldn't fly in 2021? Maybe taping the bird's beak shut <laughs> might get some people a little, might rustle some feathers. Nooch. Ha Hey. Um, yeah. And so that's what I feel. So we're in the, the did you know section here. Got a few things. One, something I definitely noticed no laugh track. Yeah. This is our first no laugh track episode. I read somewhere else that the laugh track was on. It just was not amused. <laughs> Once Mike left the laugh track, like, are you phoning in again? Forget it. It became more of a murmur track as they talked amongst themselves. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Mickey's voice is the parrot. Like, even when he's not pretending to be the parrot, he does the actual parrot voice as well, which is why his voice sounds so much like the parrot. Wow. Whose name is Horace. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Mike claimed that after shooting the first scene, he was seasick, and he just passed on the rest of the episode. (laughs) Do you think any of the other three guys could just do that? Just be like, I'm not, I don't feel it. I'm not being in this episode. Like if Davey was like, no, I don't feel it. They probably, they probably feel like uh, most of their audience wouldn't watch the show if Davey wasn't in it. I think. Yeah, that's what I feel too. And Mickey's antics, they need to, to be high energy. And Peter's there to be the foil. Whereas Mike, when he's like, he wasn't there in the, the intro part. But when he was there in the second part, it was like, oh, okay, there's Mike. Okay. Okay, cool. And then he really he, was bringing the monkey mobile around. Yeah. Okay. And then he just disappears. And you're like, oh, he's definitely a presence you miss when it, the three of them can hold their own. I'm not saying that the episode falls oh, for flat sure. without they, him. They, but, they make it happen. But he... Uh, Which is kind of fucking foreshadowing for their uh, <laughs> later decades career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mike was always bringing the monkey mobile around. I got one more. Uh, I got a... Did you know Alan Wolski, 
the guy who designed the cover for Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys, you know, the, the tiny pictures of the monkeys are taken from stills of, from this episode. From this episode, really? Yep. Oh, interesting. That's good to know. So everybody pull out your records and check it out. In case you didn't, now you do. This has been Did You Knows, <laughs> Podcast Valley Sunday. So breaking through all the, uh, the guest appearances, Ted DeCorsia, who played Frank, he has 204 credits starting in 1947. And a lot of them are wow. like these kind of shows. Like he was like an NBC Real. player, essentially. Real lunchbox actor guy. Exactly, exactly. Gnome Pitlick, he has 37 credits, but he has recurring roles on a lot of sitcoms like Barney Miller, Taxi, Mr. Belvedere, Wings. Like oh, through yeah. the decades, he was, uh, had reoccurring roles. And Chips Rafferty, he has 47 credits, and they start in 1939. So maybe, uh, maybe he was a sailor in, in, the, in the Great War, and then he got like typecast maybe. after that. That's a pretty good baseball name, too. Like Chips Rafferty, starting shortstop for the Toledo Mudhens. Yeah, that is a great name, Chips Rafferty. I wonder what his real name was. That's like his stage name. <laughs> it's Bernie Shellman. Like, oh, well, no. <laughs> it's not going to be a good pirate. <laughs> his, his real first name was Pretzels, and they're like, nah, man, too, uh, too German. Yeah, too salty. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, man, like, I feel I hear. It is everybody's favorite second half of the episode. The Wool Hat of Mystery and the Random Out of Countdown. Last week you called it everybody's second favorite half of the show. (laughs) Which is incredibly amusing. (laughs) Alrighty, so it's been on a roll lately. Our Absolutely. wool hat. Oh, let's uh before we dip our phalanges, let's get uh let's complete our honorary slip in of tear the top right off of my head. Where do you want to put it on the countdown? Hmm. You probably haven't heard it lately, have you? No, it's been a long time since I've heard it. Talk to me, I've talked to you. Do you know what to do? Yeah, you tear the top right off. Off my head. You can find it on Missing Links Volume 3, which none of the Missing Links have great album covers, but Missing Links Volume 3 <laughs> is terrible. Like, Mickey, he looks like a smarmy weirdo who's going to put something in your drink when you ask your friend what time you're going home. Like, it oh my is God. a terrible, terrible cover. But anyway, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> where, where would you like to put Tear the Top right off my head as an honorary sleeping? a good question and they do say uh picket lance picket lance because lank wakely plays guitar and uh dewey martin from uh, buffalo springfield plays the drums it, and it, it's a cool and, thing uh, at the end of it where they do like each instrument does like the same quote-unquote like notes even the drums do, do, do yeah this is a fun tune yeah, and it comes in like a brisk two minutes. And the way the, the bass walks around during that uh, guitar solo, man. Yeah, and the guitar solo is really cool, too. Hector Lance! I, I dig this dude. 
quite a bit. Mm. I'm going to put it in between Looking for the Good Times and St. Matthew, our new number 29. Um, I can't put it ahead of I Don't Think You Know Me. That's <laughs> This is why it ends up here. Perfect. New number 29 makes the top 30. Tear the top right for off real. my head. I dig that too. Imagine if this was the theme song to head. <laughs> when they played it in the show, it looked, yeah, it was like four months before they recorded it. Huh, that's neat. So now we'll each pull out one more song out of the actual yeah. wool hat. And, uh, yeah, you can't be here all day, folks. No, come on now. <laughs> all right, I'll go in here. I'm reaching in. Oh, I, got, I got several. I'm narrowing it down. Got one. <laughs> all right, what do we got here? I want to be free. Wow. Bam. We have not pulled this yet? No. I don't know. Which one do you think we should go with? We should probably go with the with the one that's on the album, right? Like the slow one. If there's a better version, it kind of helps it in the countdown. Okay. Then, <laughs> then we will go with the, uh, the Missing Links version. I'd rather listen to that one than the other one. Me too. Sometimes since I've listened to the fast version of the song, because whenever I think of I Want to Be Free, I just think of the slow version. I'm always like, eh, I'm okay. I'll pass on that. Uh-huh. But the fast version is so awesome that I had forgotten about. It's pretty incredible. Like, it sounds like the backing musicians are emulating the band backing up Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's Davey and Mickey singing together, which doesn't happen a ton a ton mm-hmm. but like mickey gets to sing the bridge yeah and it's so cool this is just such a fun version of the song and the version that comes out on uh, i guess was it the first very first monkeys yeah. album yeah i believe it does it's there it does it the acoustic just davy version it, it does its job it serves its purpose and this it, this was it's it's easy to forget there was a world for about a year where this was the signature Davy Jones song, yeah, before Daydream Believer happened. That's but crazy. This, this feels like this one kind of got swept under the rug just a little bit because it's still a good tune, no matter how you slice it. And that's the sign of a good song is you could, yeah, make it a few different ways and it still works. We do we even need to get into the subject matter. It's it, the album version comes off as a sappy love song, but it's like a very much a uh, don't tie me down, baby. Kind of song. It is. Like it says, I want to be free like a warm September wind. <laughs> it's like, wow, that is a fantastic description. But yeah, it, it, and also, it, it, for me, it reminds me of the first episode. She's got my jacket. Right, like Royal Flush, when yeah. they're singing it, and it's just, it, and again, because it's the very beginning, and the monkeys are all little, and they've got those weird uniforms on and stuff, it just conjures yeah, up we, good vibes. It, and we did not have an audio version of it yet. And we had just gotten around to seeing the pilot on the show on TV. And it was like, oh, wow, this is weird. Davey's playing the guitar. And then, what is this song they're doing? It was yeah. like, that was wild. Yeah. It's uh, it's great that an organ in it is fantastic. And so, so yeah, we're definitely going to be placing in the fast version of I Want to Be Free, not the slow version. <laughs> so 
we apologize to the the purists out there who say you're supposed to stick with the records and we get it but it's also our show and we like this better so we want to just like any of the other multi-version songs and there's a bunch with the monkeys Mm -hmm. you're you're listening to the bands and your valeries and what have you we're not docking at points for either version that's for sure no i don't know paco where do you want to put it huh let's see here because in terms of what tunes would I grab to just to listen to if I was just putting together a, a rocking monkeys playlist or a decent monkeys playlist or mm-hmm. trying to get some trying to say the monkeys are actually cool kind of playlist is this is one of the songs probably. What if we stick it between Last Train to Clarksville and Daydream Believer as kind of like Ooh. a nod to the hits and this is like a slide in? That's that's pretty slick, Pac. All right, so that will be number forty-five on the countdown. Top 50 is pretty tight, man. It is. This is going to be, when they release these albums of our countdown, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Did Boyson Hart write this song? Uh, yeah, Tommy Boyson, Bobby Hart. Perfect. The B-side was You Just May Be The One. Oh, wow. Reach on in there. Tell me All what right. you get. Everybody's waiting. Uh-oh. Oh, my. <laughs> Oh my, she's moving in with Rico, folks. And I'm moving out of this podcast. I think the streak has ended for the hat. Ooh, the hat. It was like, okay, dickheads, remember? Remember how nice we were feeling about Pool It the last few episodes? Okay, moving in with Rico from Poolit. And uh, when I hear a song like this on Poolit, that's a very uh, 80s genre heavy, I try to think, who does this sound like? Like, what were they, who are they emulating in this song? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can hear this song by another band. I can't place it. It's one of those groups I don't really know well. And it just has, it feels like it's, they're trying to be another band for sure. And I can't place what band that is it's got that ub40 white reggae vibe yeah yeah it's like not quite police they're not it's not, not police they're not enough. kidding themselves that hard no no but um <laughs> no like in context if it's just if you're listening to pool it and it just comes on then yeah but i'm not sure i listen to this song very often at all yeah i will say it's not as i thought it was just gonna be like like i'll love you forever kind of horribleness but happier horribleness but it wasn't as like it's not super super horrible it just doesn't sound like the monkeys to me at all yeah you not know? really it definitely sounds like davy oh yeah so by default it kind of has to sound like the monkeys. yeah that's true yeah no yeah. matter what they're going for so it's you got to admire the peculiar ambition of how about let's try a reggae song davy jones yeah <laughs> like a mid-80s sure. reggae song too <laughs> that has just it set the Casio to reggae. Yeah, and press start. Guys, <laughs> like, don't worry, be happy. But yes. So, where do you feel? Oh Lord, this should be placed. It's it's pretty notoriously not great. <laughs> but it's a fun moment where you have to decide whether a song is better or worse than "It's Nice to Be with You." <laughs> It's nice to be with you above She's Moving In With Rico. 
Fritz moving in with Rico ahead of the girl I left behind me. Our new number 128, she's moving in with Rico. So I think today the wool hat was kind of uh, getting some revenge on us doing an honorary slip-in on its big day unannounced. Maybe a little, yeah. We should have ran it by the hat first. Yeah. But, uh, but hey, man, it, Rico had to come out the hat sooner or exactly. later. Exactly. And, and uh, reintroducing us to uh, the fast I want to be free, or at least for me, it's been a long time since I've ever listened to it. So it's a, so it's it a great. great, great tune. Yeah, fantastic. So, okay, Monkeys fans, that just about wraps it up for us here at Podcast Valley Sunday. If you disagreed with any of our picks, let us know. We're always up for discussions on that, even though we know we're right about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a Monkeys little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.